Welcome everyone to I So Appreciate You, a raw, funny, and uniquely insightful podcast about the issues and opportunities we all face as values-based leaders and humans. I'm Nadej. And I'm Melanie. We're colleagues at the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation, and we're friends. When we get together, our conversations can go anywhere, especially when bringing a friend or two along for the ride. So we're inviting you to join us and some incredible guests as we explore the challenges and triumphs of people shaking up our community for the better. Welcome. Today, we're talking about being a philanthropist, a creator, and finding your passions with writer and supporter of the arts, Margaret Wordle. Okay, before we keep going, Mel! It's your first episode. It is. I'm super excited and I'm really excited to have this episode with Margaret. She seems like a wonderful human. Okay. So how do you feel? You're like the butterflies out, you know? Uh, No, Um, the butterflies are here. I should be in that corner drinking coffee and, and writing down amazing pull quotes that you're saying. But here I am in front of a microphone doing my best, but I think it's going to be great. So I'm going to dive in because I did the thing that I always do and I found some random quote somewhere. Yeah, you know, I've got to be a nerd sometimes. Um, And since we're talking about like philanthropy, um, I I was doing a little Googling about women and philanthropy. And so here's what I found. And I'm going to read it. So it's going to sound all here we are. Nearly nine in 10 women wish they could be doing more to create positive social change. And their most commonly cited motivations for giving, because the need is so great and because they want to make a difference, reflect empathetic, heart-based approach to philanthropy. Like, okay, react to that. Like, what does that mean to you? Ooh, I, it means so much to me. I'm just thinking in this time and place as a woman wanting to do so much, that heart-based approach to philanthropy is so, I guess, natural, but it's also hard to protect yourself because there we can take on so much but we can't cure all ills in a, in a minute. So what is that's what came to mind right away. How about you? Well, you know, what I um, took from that, the heart-based approach is really like, let your heart lead your philanthropy. Because I think what you're saying is totally right. Like there's so much, there is so much we could be doing and, and so many things I get called to go to mm-hmm. or to support. And, you know, Y'all, I really wish I was like, you know, crazy wealthy, although I might not be here if I was crazy wealthy, but I really wish I could just give everywhere and all the time. But, you know, my resources are finite and limited. And so thinking that I should lead with the the heart really helps give me comfort about where I spend my time and my and my giving. Yes, yes. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you pulled on that because I do think you're looking at the asset based read of that. And I'm I'm thinking about how women often over over contribute or over commit, I should say. Yeah. So in this over commitment that we do as women, it's, it's really important to remember that. Yeah. You also have to listen to what, what you're being pulled to though. I mean, that over commitment is real. I think I'm on like five boards right now, but yeah, <laughs> I look at your calendar sometimes and I am exhausted just opening it up. I don't. Yeah. So. All right. But like, what are the things that like, just out of curiosity, what are you passionate about? Like, where do you give and support? As you know, um, my wife uh, started a nonprofit and this was kind of a a really perfectly timed in my life because watching a nonprofit from the ground up, she started it when we first met and then we were doing fundraising and connecting with foundations and then to be now in a foundation these many years later. But taking a half step back, she started a a, um, organization called All Square, which invests in those who have been impacted by our justice system 
And so the last six years of my life in particular have been really dialed into the impact of mass incarceration and uh, what we're seeing as a result of that and the overt racism that's just baked into our our system. So I would say I give time, energy, direction, advice, often not um, really welcomed in our household (laughs) um, to that issue. But the other things that um, are really important to me are animal welfare um, issues. You know, I'm, I'm, really tuned into those little beans that are around us. As you know, I raised a bird a couple summers ago. It's really weird. Y'all, if you have not followed (laughs) this journey, you need to find it. We need to link to the story about Fred. Oh, yes. Fred the bird I raised during the pandemic. He fell into my lap and I couldn't let him die. So that was that was a thing. But um, that is is super important to me. And then I'm also a writer. So I I really like organizations that cultivate um, writing and creativity in people. Oh, and I cannot fail to mention that I just joined the board of an amazing organization called Raise the Bar. Raise the Bar was founded by Anthony Barr, who was a Minnesota Vikings football player. He was just uh, transferred to Dallas and his mother, Lori, and Raise the Bar invests in single parent families. Um, and so that's really incredible work that I am excited to be a part of. And how about you, Nadej? All these boards, goodness. Well, we share that creativity line. Um, I, I definitely am involved in the performing arts. I you know, have always been, once upon a time, um, I pretended I was a dancer, uh, and but I realized that that was not my life's journey. And so I thought I was gonna be in arts administration, got my master's, did all of that, but also not my life's journey, but I'm still called to support um, the performing arts. And so I serve on boards and I give I'm the board chair of the Minnesota Opera, that sort of stuff. And, and I love it because I think art is so fundamentally important. Um, you know, sometimes when, when there's that kind of like, I don't know, ranking of need, art, art can fall off like it's, it's a frivolous or a side thing, but I actually don't think that it's frivolous or it's like art can be a passion or or a sort of agent for social change, for building community, for, you know, just bringing people together. And everybody's got an art story, whether or not they realize it. Everybody has art moments, whether or not they realize it. So I just like, you will never not find me in an art space. No, it's really important. I think we are, we are doomed if art falls to the, to the wayside because it is, it's part of the human spirit. We need to experience art. You know, I went to uh, my first opera this year. Yes, you um, did. Yes, and actually through All Square, someone gifted All Square some tickets, and so I, I was actually blown away. I did not realize how much I would like the opera. So I, yeah, it was Carmen, and mm-hmm. it was it was really enjoyable. So I, it's really been fun to follow your journey with the the Minnesota Opera in particular. I really love that you said that because I do not think that enough people appreciate that opera is all of it. It's theater, it's music, it's dance. It's like, it is like a full-fledged performing art, multi-sensory production situation. And so if you like any of those components, you know, you should give it a try. So that's my general plug for opera as a good board chair, as a good civic, whatever. We've got a great season coming up. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm excited to hear from someone who has a lot of experience in in this space. Um, And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Margaret Wordle. If that name seems familiar to you, it might be because you recognize it from the Wordle thrust at the Guthrie. We're talking about arts. Right. And some other places. She's so great. She is. And the uh, Wordle Upper Gardens at the Walker Art Center. So, uh, yeah, uh, Margaret has been really instrumental in our community around arts and the advancement of arts. Excited to talk to her. 
Are you looking to make a larger impact on causes you care about? Not everyone realizes that cash isn't the only way to give. There are many advantages to donating other assets, such as real estate, stock, or farm equipment. Want to learn more? Call 651-224-5463 or email the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation Gift Planning Team at philanthropy at spmcf.org. All right, we're back and we're excited to welcome our very special guest today, Margaret Wardle. So, Margaret, before we get started with, you know, the hard questions, we have just a fun little icebreaker that we uh, like to share with our guests. So it's just three quick questions. Just answer whatever comes to mind. Okay. Rain or snow? Rain. Chardonnay or Cabernet? Cabernet. Oh, very dependent. You didn't, yeah, you didn't hesitate on no, that one. No, no, no. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay, that too is very <laughs> sure. Wonderful. I don't know if this is going to work. We're cat people. Yeah, yeah. Well. I love cats, <laughs> okay, actually. Yeah. Okay. It's just that I have a dog. Yeah. Like the nicest a dog, dog ever. is my partner right yes. now. <laughs> uh, Margaret, thanks so much for that. Um, and for listeners who don't know you, I just want to share a few facts about you just to set a little context. So you are a philanthropist and a community leader who has served on the boards of a number of organizations like Minnesota Opera, which is where we met, um, the Guthrie Theater and the Loft Literary Center. You are also an artist, an author, and I'm sure we will talk about that. And you have founded a vineyard, Tara Valentine. Yes? Yes. <laughs> Cabernet. Yeah. See, there you go. There you go. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Nadesh. <laughs> well, Margaret, we wanted to dig in talking a little bit about your philanthropy. We are obviously... Uh, staff members of a community foundation, and we spend a lot of time thinking about how to have impact in the community, both as an organization and with our donors. So our first question for you is just, how did you find your way into giving? Well, it's interesting because I've been involved in giving for the arts really my whole life, it seems. I started out, I don't know if you guys remember, you live in St. Paul, but there used to be a United Arts Fund in St. Paul. And I'm not sure it was a great idea, but it existed for several years, and I was the development director for it. So I raised money for the arts for a long time, and then I went over to Dayton Housing Corporation, now Target, and I worked there in the foundation, and I specifically focused on the arts. So I had a great education in giving and getting, and by the way, I think it's super important for people who give money away to have raised it because it really helps you understand the people that, you know, are looking for support for their whatever it is. So then it just so happened that my husband was very successful and we got to a point in life where we were able to make gifts and so now that's a big part of what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Can I pull on that thread a little bit yeah. about, you know, people who give money should should raise it? Um, what are examples? I mean, not everyone's going to have a chance to be in a development shop and actually raise money for a living. But what are some other ways that people could sort of learn how to raise money? Well, they could volunteer. And I think it's important when you raise money, to be super excited about whatever it is that you're raising money for. So, you know, just to 
follow their hearts and follow their passions and find an organization that works in that area. And they all need money, so that won't be hard. <laughs> that is... But to offer to help them find it. Yeah. You talked about being super excited about... Um, where you're giving and in listening to your journey, you've talked about starting early with the arts and it's been a through line in your contribution to our community and you, of course, have a big, big impact today. So I'm, I'm curious for folks who might be earlier in their, in their journey, how, what advice you might have about finding that passion or finding that focus um, because there's so many places that need uh, support in, especially now in this yeah. time and place. So any advice? Absolutely. I mean, and Honestly, I don't rank any particular area higher than another. It's only what I think I can be most effective in doing because I have so much experience in the arts and I know the people who run the organizations. But, um, yeah. I really love that you said that, that you don't rank any area because mm -hmm. I think that's what happens. People start thinking, oh, where do I give? And there's so many options. And what's the best thing and the most important thing? But what you're really saying is it's got to it's got to be like in, in you, part of you, your soul, your love, your passion. Exactly. And I think I know because I do get asked to participate in a lot of other areas. And I do sometimes because there are other areas I care about a lot. But I think part of it, too, is knowing the field in a way and feeling comfortable in it and knowing the people so you can know who to trust and um, all of that. So it's only a matter of, I think, effectiveness is maybe the way I would put it the best. Right, yeah. right. And you, um, just in watching some interviews of you, it sounds like you really have become not just involved in organizations, but in the lives of the leaders. And so you've had an opportunity to really see um, the impact that they are making, the the strengths that they have. And yeah. so that, could you just talk a little bit about like that part, how it's enriched your life to be so close to the folks who are leading in our community? Yeah. I mean, it, it just keeps happening that maybe I'm on a board or, you know, have been, I, of course, when I was working at Dayton Hudson, I got to know everybody who was running all the arts organizations. So I knew their history and, uh, you know, because we share an interest, I'm a big fan of whatever they do, we became friends. We become friends. And I have a lot of them, both artists and administrators. That really just speaks to the alignment for you, your passion, mm -hmm. your giving area, and the people who you encounter along the way, which I think is really wonderful. So, you know, I just want to ask a fun yeah. question because yeah. you're you're so steeped in um in the arts and that's sort of where your giving is, there've got to be some special moments that have happened over the years I, <laughs> or just, you know, fun, like, you know, when you, when you get to combine a thing that you're passionate about with helping community, probably a lot of it is special, but there's got to be like a moment or two that you hold near or dear to your heart. Um, you know, you know, there are just certain moments that stand out for you. You know, my first day with my husband, my second husband was at the Minnesota Orchestra and it was, you know, Brahms' first violin concerto. And that just, that music always shines out for me whenever I hear it. A quote that we pulled and I really loved from you is about sort of the creative act. So I'm just going to read it, then I have a follow-up question. Okay. 
I think that the creative act, whether it's writing a poem or writing a book or performing in a play, is really the highest expression of the human spirit. And that's what I want to nurture in our giving, which really speaks to everything we've been talking about. So um, as I mentioned um, to you before we started the the show, I'm just finishing your book, Touching the Edge, uh, Mother's Spiritual Path from Lost to Life, which is beautiful. And you've written three three books among, like we talked about, the vineyard um, and everything else you're, you do you do in this, in this community and in your life. So my question for you is for people who want to contribute to their community and have passions and have businesses and are working, how have you over the years really been able to nurture yourself and your passions with your philanthropy, with your family? And how have you kept that balance? Yeah, that's, it's a really interesting question because I think, um, the creative act is almost a a sacred thing to me. I think it's, it's where does it come from? You know, it's it's mysterious and um, it it takes attention to do. I mean, I guess I've always kept journals all my life, starting when I was in high school. And so the actual act of writing about important moments in my life has always been part of that life. Um, and so... Well, she mentioned my book, Touching the Edge. It was about my son's death. And when he was killed in a mountain climbing accident, I started, of course, keeping a lot of journals because that's the way I learned, I've learned to cope with things in my life. So that became later the raw material for the book. Um, but I will say that the creative process takes real attention and nurturing. I mean, I'm not writing right now. And for me to write, because I'm naturally a very, I don't want to say social, but engaged person, anything will distract me, any any activity that comes <laughs> along. Know that goes. <laughs> so when I have a project like that before yeah. me, I have to wrestle myself down. And, um, you know, I used to set aside Mondays as the only time, you know, the only thing I would do would be write. Okay, and then yeah. I'd get distracted all morning and around two o'clock I could finally sit down and do it. But you really have to, um, I don't know, it's so mysterious, kind of set the stage and then let the creative process rip. And it is so not easy. <laughs> I have tremendous respect for composers, playwrights, right. writers, artists, anybody who's trying to call up what they want to say out of out of nothing or out of their life experience or whatever. What I hear then is it's sort of equal parts discipline in some way and then also equal parts just honoring sort of that mystery around us that is art. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Thank you mm-hmm. for that. I feel like you just gave us all really good life advice. The I, whole thing is like, right, set the stage and then, you know, uh, set the conditions to happen. And, and honestly, I feel like I could do that in my work, <laughs> yes. in my household chores that I never want to do. Uh, <laughs> all of those things. Um, you know, do you think that, you know, you sort of spoke of the the mysteriousness of the the creative process and, and the fact that you're an artist. Do you think that that's what draws you to um, to being in the art space for your giving, for your philanthropy, for your leadership? Do you think that there's an innate connection there? Or maybe you'd be here anyway, even if you weren't yourself an artist. Good question. I mean, I I don't think it's necessary because I know a lot of people who 
are huge arts fans and attenders and consumers who are not themselves artists. And I could very happily keep going in that vein and not not be writing myself, which is actually the case right now. Mm-hmm. So I think it helps. I'm I'm learning the piano, which is something I took up pretty recently. Actually, wow, from is, scratch. Really, I'm really ago. glad yeah. you brought that up because I was almost going to ask oh. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's been interesting. It takes so much work, but I love doing it. And it's made me appreciate hugely, of course, mm-hmm. um, any pianist and anybody who's working in the music field. It's, there's so much there. It's so complicated. That's and, impressive. Um, anyway, yes. I don't know that that counts as being an artist. I think I wish that I had more expression in my piano playing. Right now, I'm kind of trying to learn how to get the notes out. <laughs> and, <laughs> But, you know, I hope to get there someday. There's a lot of rudimentary work that goes into it first. I'm, I'm just curious because I'm, I'm also a writer and I identified with a lot of what you said about that sort of that process, the struggle and, and having to sometimes just sit down and do it. Is piano, are you finding a similar sort of, um, I guess, discipline is needed for it and also a similar joy that comes from that creation? So what are the parallels or are they totally different? Okay, what occurs to me right now is the book called The Artist's Way, yes, which yes. is a terrific mm-hmm. book. And basically what it says is, and I know that I could do this if I wanted to get right back into writing, is that every day you get up and you just do. You write three pages or I forget how many they say. It doesn't matter what it is. And then you rip it up because somehow it's the act of actually doing that A, you know, makes you better and B, leads you into the creative process. So, you know, I think if I practiced five minutes a day yes. in the piano, it yeah. wouldn't be the same. I really actually love practicing. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah. you know, yesterday it was almost two hours and it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of think that there are parents around the world who wish their kids felt that way when they put them in piano lessons. And I wish I could go back in time and tell my young self, no, no, stay at the piano. You will really appreciate it one day when you can play show tunes at a party or something. <laughs> exactly. But there's something about kids yes. that is, that are, they're, they're naturally rebellious. I, I think of religion in the same category. I was brought up not allowed to do that. And it made me want it very much. (laughs) So as an adult, I kind of got into it. But um, yeah, it's the way people rebel against their religious upbringing and quit the piano. Same thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's so many parallels between art and life, aren't there really? Yeah, there really are. So I want to circle us back um, to to philanthropy a little bit, because, you know, when you pick, you know, when you align your values and it's sort of clear to you that art is your space, that means that there are spaces that aren't your space. That probably means you have to say no Mm -hmm. sometimes. And I know that as people start sort of stepping into the world of giving and you go to one event and now you get a request from someone else, that, that saying no feels like a really hard thing to do. Do you have any sort of advice or tips about sort of how a person approaches the no? I do. Because when I worked for Dayton Hudson 
Corporation Foundation, um, we had to say no a lot because, of course, it was a public process and there were so many organizations and Dayton Hudson was very focused as well in both the arts and social action. But I think the biggest lesson for me was from when I was raising money because the most important thing is to say no right away if you know you're not going to do it. Um, there's nothing more frustrating for someone who's raising money than someone saying, oh, well, maybe, and let me think about it for six months. And then you keep wasting your energy on that person, even though it's not going to happen. And it's always really hard to say no, but I think it's so important to do it as soon as possible and to know that that's really a gift to them of a different kind. So yeah, really a kindness to say no quickly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> also good life advice. Just generally, there are so many nuggets here. So just take this all and apply it in all contexts. Um, we started the conversation sort of at, at your the beginning of your giving journey. And I, I'm just curious and would love to back up even, even further when you were growing up, if philanthropy was part of your family and if, if those seeds were planted with you at that time in your life. It wasn't. And in, in a really similar way, in a way, my, my parents were both interested in the arts. My dad was one of the few little group of business people that worked with Tyrone Guthrie in getting the Guthrie Theater started. Oh, wonderful. And uh, he was involved at the Walker as well. And my mom was a big reader, still is. She's 98. And uh, she was, you know, she wrote book reviews for the Star Tribune. And uh, I wish that she had done more writing, creative writing, because I think she would have been fabulous. But for whatever reason, she didn't take that route. You know, so I grew up around it and realized the importance for the community. And I was just, I've just been very lucky to be in a position to be able to support it. And just to continue with that yeah. just a, a little bit further. So for folks who might be just getting into philanthropy or have a young family and kids, do you have any thoughts or advice for a child? What might have the most impact, whether it's allowing them to make a decision about where to give or just kind of observing their parents in the world, um, being engaged in the things that they care about? Thoughts about that? There's nothing like an example, you know, probably better than trying to force kids into something back to the church. The piano, the piano, piano, yes, right? yes. <laughs> I guess that's pretty uh -huh. much what I right. say about that. Um, yes. Well, I mean, I certainly feel like your leadership in the community is a wonderful, you know, example for anyone to to follow. And I just keep thinking we could be here for like all day, maybe get that bottle of Cabernet and then actually that's talk through the night. Suggest. Yes. <laughs> We did this wrong. Yeah. We should have started in a very different way. But, you know, I would just love to to give you the the opportunity to to close our, you know, conversation as we wind down and sort of reflect back. Are there is there anything that you'd like to leave folks if they're wondering, you know, okay, I found my passion. I think I know where where to go. Any advice for like how they just take that next step in, in being involved. I think any organization probably, you know, has people who are accessible and they all need help of various kinds. And uh, maybe you could find somebody who already is involved in that organization and ask them what they might suggest. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I think that that's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, that's connection. the way to do it. Yes. It's, it's yes. like what Making you're saying is it's really about people. Yeah. 
Exactly. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today um, and being so kind on my first episode. I really, you're you're the perfect guest for me. So really wonderful to speak with you. Well, you're going to be the perfect partner for Nadesh. I hope so. I like, that's my, that's my, my aim. No, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. That was such a good conversation. She was such a delight and so full of wonderful ideas. Can you see why she's one of my favorite people? Yes. Right. Uh, yes. Then she just became one of mine. Right. And so here's the thing. We were talking about like philanthropy and art and I don't care. She gave us so many nuggets that literally we could do like a top 10 list of life advice. Yes. And like, this is what you should do to like live a good life. Agreed. You know, one that I uh, uh, wrote down when I was um, listening to her, she said, say no immediately and early. Yeah. That is, I mean, in giving and philanthropy, that's yeah. important, but it is also in life in general. How, I mean, think of the commitments that we all make because we feel obligated. No. Well, and she no. called it a gift. And you know what? It She's right. Gift. I think about the number of times people ask me for stuff. You're right. Like your gut knows it's a no. Your gut knows. Yeah. You have to honor that. And, and she also, in talking about philanthropy, she really said there's no right way to do it. But the thing, and this goes back to like honoring your gut, it's, it is values aligned. It works if it's something that is important to you and you're called towards. And so that was also something that I really took to heart. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, when she talked about not prioritizing areas of philanthropy and giving and just, you know, to your point, aligning with your values it really makes it a lot easier to decide where you should spend your time, your money, and like, you know, where you should spend your time, period. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that she was a wonderful guest. And I hope we follow up with that wine day to talk more about this. I know it was such yes. a treat to kick off the yes. season with Margaret. Agreed. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You. You can find us on Facebook at I So Appreciate You Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at So Appreciate You. We'd also appreciate you taking a moment to write us a review. And if you like our show, be sure to follow I So Appreciate You on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Have a question or topic suggestion? Email us at podcast at spmcf.org. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You.